inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Turn that down. You don't have your CD today, so the theme is... Uh... Ah, that wasn't supposed to throw me off, but uh, oh well. Oh well. Not too bad. I caught it pretty quick. Anyway, <laughs> good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Outlook here this morning on 94.9 Radio Western. As the theme indicated, my name is Brian, and I got my sister on the other side of the table here in the studio yep we're already you're already fielding some phone calls in here this morning everybody's raring to go on this monday morning i guess yeah getting back into the week oh and uh this is our first mixed bag show of 2023 and these are the shows we try to do them usually once a month where it's just the two of us the way the show began originally was just carrie and i in the studio, mainly the two of us. We had guests occasionally in the beginning, but it was a lot of just us, so we still like to do that from time to time, keep things a little more casual and uh, laid back and just have have the two of us and and uh, space out the guests a little bit. So, Yes, exactly, but uh, hope everybody's going to have a great week and hope everybody's January is going well. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this show airs Monday mornings at 11 here on Radio Western live, and then we put it up as a podcast after the fact. Um, so we're excited for another year of shows and we will sort of, I don't normally do a review. <laughs> Usually at the end of a show, somebody will announce what's coming up and stuff. I always, I always forget to do that, but uh, I'll try and do that by the end of sh- the well, show. Well, for this today. week specifically, we can for next week. Um, we'll get into it a bit later, but we're not going to be live next week, though we have an episode that we've already recorded from home a couple of weeks ago, a really exciting one. And I'll, I don't know, care if it's okay if I, if I tease that our next week's guest is from... Yeah from New Zealand so pretty exciting we've had someone from Australia before and we've we've actually had one person from New Zealand who was originally from there but had moved to Canada whereas this person actually you know still lives there so it, uh, it was interesting because the time difference there is uh, oh yeah I think it's 16 hours ahead or 8 no 18 I hours it's ahead 18, yeah. 18 hours ahead so yeah it's it's some calculations and I know how much you love math care but mm. um but I did just want to mention briefly off the top, again, just a couple of sort of standard uh, things to, to start off the show that, as you mentioned, Care, we are available on podcast services. If you just search for Outlook on Radio Western and uh, yeah, we're on, you know, tune in radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I think they're always adding new ones all the time these days with podcasts being what they are. Um, so... Like Brian always says, if there's one that we're not on that you you like to listen to podcasts, uh, that might feel free to email us and let us know. Well, yeah, the one I w- did want to mention specifically that this is one that's obviously a very smaller, much smaller network, but it's the What's Your Excuse network that oh. we're on there as well. And I don't think we've really talked about it as much as we probably should on this show. Um, we have had um, the, the person who started What's Your Excuse network, Maxwell, on this program once, probably have him on again someday just him because we had him on with uh our friend emily trepanier the the one who's a paralympian and uh into snowboarding and well she's hoping to be paralympian well right yeah i guess she's training to be she's uh, training to get yeah. in 
and I'm sure there will be more news and I'm sure we'll have her on again soon at some point as well. But well, She um, loves this time of year because she gets to be, well, she moved out to BC to be closer to a great ski snowboarding conditions, but this is her time of year to shine, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I seemed excited over the weekend. I saw some some posts on social media from her about uh, all that excitement. But anyway, she also has a podcast, Shredding for Gold, and it's on this What's Your Excuse Network, started by Maxwell, and uh, he asked if we wanted to be a part of it as well. So if you go to wyexcuse.com slash shows, you can see all the shows that are up there. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch that I haven't even heard. The LVB podcast show... Aaron's opinion, my blurred opinion, ABCs of disability planning, shredding for gold, as I mentioned. Wow, I didn't know you. The Disenabled podcast is up there, which is um, our uh, our friend that we met recently uh, through through the show, Justin Evangelo from Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, Maxwell is out of the, out of the U.S., but uh, we have another Canadian on, uh, well, as well as Emily, I guess, with shredding for gold. But also the Disenabled podcast is is up there. Um, and then, of course, the What's Your Excuse show, which is Max's own show. And there's there's a bunch of other stuff up there. So definitely go to wyexcuse.com and, and check out the website and support uh, support that network. And thanks again to Max for, for including us there as well. Well, yeah, the more places you are, you can be found. Uh, the more you never know where, the, where your listeners might come from. Like last week on the show... We interviewed Macy Lewis, who is a, an author uh, in the States, and she has uh, some children's books out, one about an octopus, one about a dragon, um, some, I guess, romantic suspense. And uh, so, yeah, um, we find these people and some of them email us and sometimes we email them and invite them on the show. Uh, but it's great. We always like to have Canadian guests on and we hope to have a bunch more of those in 2023. But uh, it's great to talk to people from all over the place. Well, yeah, I don't think it actually came out on air last week. We mentioned it to Macy before we went on air, but that, um, like you just mentioned, we do a lot of research to try to find guests and reaching out to, to various people by emailing and, and or whatever means it is. But um, Macy was one of the people who actually reached out to us after hearing the uh, the art gallery, Cantrell Gallery, last month, um, the episode that we did on, on the gallery from, from Arkansas in the U.S., um, she had seen that show tagged through Twitter, I think, and um, reached out to us. And it is always re- refreshing when someone else reaches out to us because we do spend a lot of time trying to think up guests and who to have on. So always reminding listeners, it's on their outro theme, but if you ever do want to be on the show, whether you have a disability, it doesn't have to be blindness, you know, any disability we want to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, and, and anybody who's listening who goes to... Um Western University, if you have any kind of disability or there's any disability issues you want to discuss, uh, please do reach out. Uh, We don't talk to to nearly enough people on this campus who have disabilities because we know that, you know, we know they're out out there. um, So we're going to try and hopefully this year find some ways of reaching out to the local student population and staff. Well, that's a good point because part of it too is the fact that neither of us are actually students here at Western and I think you know of course if you were if I was a student here I'd be busier with that maybe but Mm -hmm. at the same time just being on campus um, regularly maybe I would it'd be a little bit more natural to make more connections on campus and and have more guests on the show if I was actually going here but my plan is that if I you know me I'm not the greatest with uh getting things done as soon as I, I should. Some procrastination is something I try to work on. But I have been meaning to reach out to disability services here on campus and and uh, 
you know, to try to get the word out about the show because it's like any of these things. There's just so much content out there. Yeah. And the station here in the building is, is quite hidden in the UCC. I feel like in the University Community Center, there's a lot of people who go to Western who don't even maybe know about this station. Well, I, it is. As I said, I, re- I always think of the... the um the it wasn't a suicide hotline it was just a crisis center hotline i used to volunteer for 20 years ago or so it was the same thing it was like tucked away all the way in the hospital upstairs and down hallways and sort of tucked up and most people i mean in that case it was hidden on purpose i think but uh, you know these things that are tucked away not everybody comes across yeah so i just think radio is so important and we always we really appreciate the opportunity to be able to do this show so much and uh, it is the type of thing that we want to bring as much awareness as possible because it's you know it's our show so we're trying to build that up but at the same point we're really trying to bring awareness for for everyone out there in, in society and and uh, make disability talk talked about more and more um, as we'll get into throughout today's program but uh, yeah there may be some people out there listening for the first time and always feel free to reach out outlook on radio western at gmail.com we're always looking for new guests and you know, something I've also mentioned, Care, looking ahead to the year is I thought eventually about maybe learning how to operate the phone system a bit, bit more in here so that we could take some calls sometime. Um, it's one of those things that I don't know how many people would call in, um, yeah. but it's also the whole idea that I just think sometimes people are nervous to ask questions about blindness. Um, it's it's like any of these things where, you know, some people aren't. Some people are very easy and open and just ask away, but others do feel sort of intimidated and you know I get that in the sense that you know I might feel that's the same way around somebody else who may have a different disability that I'm not as comfortable around but the fact is the only way we'll ever learn and stuff is if we do ask questions so any questions you also have you feel free to email them in outlook on radio western at gmail.com and we'd always love to entertain them on the air and answer them and all that kind of stuff so yes yeah, so you know there's a lot we can um, look forward to in 2023 coming up here uh, and we'll talk about some of it today but uh, yeah I hope everybody's having a good year so far and um, I did want to wish everybody who's celebrating a happy Lunar New Year uh, I think that began yesterday or Saturday night um, and uh, 2023 is the year of the water ra- uh, rabbit and um, that began yeah it says on the 22nd of January all the way till um, the next year, so the end of February, February 9th, 2024. So right before my birthday, when I, I'll turn 40 in 2024, uh, day before the, my my 40th birthday, I guess. <laughs> um, but it was funny to think that when I looked it up, uh, the sign for the year is is the rabbit, and uh, guess who was also born in the year of the rabbit? My co-host here, Brian. Oh, I had I had no idea. I think I've actually only heard kind of about this these signs and stuff like that over the past few years here it's been more of a recent thing um well yeah in 2017 i went to mexico for to a writing workshop and at the time you helped me put together like a little audio essay about my my time in mexico uh and i called that one the year of the rooster because 2017 the year our, our our youngest niece was born uh, was the year of the rooster and there were a lot of roosters in mexico um <laughs> but yeah we're back to the year of the rabbit here and i mean this seems hopeful right uh, this seems promising uh the rabbit is a symbol of longevity peace and prosperity in chinese culture and uh 
so this year is predicted to be the year of, of hope. And of course, we wish we wish that for every year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, with all the stuff that goes on and has been going on these last few years, especially, I think everybody could use a little more of that. Uh, and people born in the year of the rabbit are called rabbits. And I don't. Yeah, I, I love these like horoscopes and things when they tell you what people who are born that year are like, because <laughs> um, they're believed to be. Um, I don't know. Are you any of these things? Witty? <laughs> I'm saying that like I, I like I don't know if you are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, of course, you know, we're we're open to talking about anything on this program and and any sort of any beliefs or anything that that people that pe- that help people out there is, is great. I'm not. Def- I'm definitely not the biggest astrology, you know, right. type person. It's I'm very I'm a very logical person, so I think sometimes <laughs> maybe too logical occasionally, but. Um, I still think, like you say, it's still neat discussions and it also, it just brings awareness to all of these different qualities out there that are positive and, and ways to kind of look at things in a positive light because so much in the world is negative. So it, I do think any of these techniques that are out there or the, these beliefs that people, you know, follow that, that help help stay positive and feel hopeful are, are good. So I think it, it, it is important that you are bringing this up. And of course, we talk about disabilities on this show, but we also like to talk about all different cultures and, and beliefs and anything that that uh, people follow out there so well yeah this show is of course brian and i are white settlers on this land uh and we're both straight and uh obviously i'm female in your male but um we do yeah we like to hopefully let anybody else out there listening know that this show welcomes all perspectives as long as everybody's you know respectful of others um and so yeah it's important that we uh, talk about that uh, but we we want the show to be a place where we welcome diverse perspectives and intersectionalities as we talk about all the time. But uh, I guess Brian's vigilant, well, sorry, witty. I, I was going to say, I cut you off. You were listing some. Quick-minded and ingenious. <laughs> Brian's ingenious. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the best at uh, compliments. <laughs> I don't know. Compliments are. Sorry. Well, no. just so you know, this isn't directly at you anyway, if you don't. <laughs> yeah, this isn't specific just to <laughs> this me. This isn't our culture anyway. It isn't our culture, but I just wanted to wish anybody who's out there listening who whose culture it is, uh, happy Lunar New Year. And uh, uh, I was born in the year of the rat, and um, I guess I'm resourceful and smart, but I lack courage, <laughs> which is <laughs> like, wow. Uh, but I have a rich imagination and uh, a sharp, uh, I have sharp observational skills but I can be taken advantage of in various opportunities. So, or so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I find it interesting. It's almost like, like psychology um, in a way. I, I think it's interesting, but. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I def- I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say you lack courage. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, people would hear that when you talked, you already mentioned that you went to Mexico, mm. you know, and you went to Mexico by yourself. Obviously you met, well, not obviously people wouldn't know that unless they know you or they've heard. I did meet up with come others. Up. Yeah. But yeah, you met up with, with others there for this writing conference that you went there for. But, you know, ultimately as somebody who is, is blind, you traveled there, you flew there by yourself. And a lot of people would look at that as courageous. And, you know, for me, even I, I, I think that is courageous, even though at the same point, we also talk a lot on this show about just because somebody has a disability and does things, it it's not necessarily this magical thing. It's like, you know, you've been blind your whole life. You've practiced over the years. But I do think, you know, something that uh, that I think we all, most people get as they get older is a little bit more confidence and a little bit more courageous. And 
so I think you know over the years you've you've become a little more. But compared to me, like I I've lived in Toronto for about five years and like really on my own, kind of just getting out there. Whereas you know maybe you haven't had quite that same situation. But um, I don't know. Sorry, I, I came into a big analysis of of you over there. <laughs> well, I just like how they say women born in the year of the rat are pretty smart and lovely. <laughs> So yeah, it's interesting to talk about, but um, it's funny. I was just thinking about rat, the year of the rat, and the year of the rabbit. I, I was watching a documentary recently about rats, specifically the actual animal, and I just put myself through that because I was like, well, I need to just listen to a documentary about rats because they make me uncomfortable with their squeaking and their everything. But uh, the one night I found myself watching a documentary, I was like, well, I was born in the year of the rat, so I should maybe learn more about rats. Like for instance, I know you. Do you know that they live in um, sewers, right? Yeah. But did you know they can swim for days? I uh, didn't know oh. that specifically. No. I saw that on the documentary, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I just imagining them down there swimming through the sewers." Well, it's funny anyway. that you mentioned that you mentioned rats. I mean, just in the sense that we grew up out in the country, and we often had it was maybe more mice, but maybe some rats too. I'm not sure. Um, getting in the house, and I think. I sort of have a similar sort of phobia of that of rats and, and mice and stuff like that because I do remember they'd get in our, you know, there's a little space in our ceilings. Those were mice. Oh, those, yeah, those were mice. But anyway, any of the, that, Same like, thing. overall, yeah, like, basic idea, I guess. Rats, slightly different, but uh, also similar. Um, but anyway, yeah, just the whole idea of, like, I think I have vague memories of hearing them, hearing them scurrying through our ceilings in, back in the day or... Just little noises that maybe I have heard in the past, and I sort of have a bit of a phobia of that too. And <laughs> I don't know. Well, just to wrap up the rat discussion, <laughs> uh, it says they have quick minds and and uh, they have um, dexterous hands. I guess rats are pretty dexterous and are able to learn anything. They are always considerate of their families and friends. So there you go. Well, you're definitely considerate of your family and friends. Anyway, I will stop That's talking about one. rats now. <laughs> it's just like we got a whole year ahead of us of Outlooks, and we'll be uh, marking our five years doing this show in September, and there'll be a lot of topics around disability, and a lot of the time those things are serious topics. Uh, so sometimes it's fun to just have some light Well, yeah, that's what we also like about the mixed bag shows. I mean, certain guests are can be lighter as well, but also with these, these shows where it's just the two of us, we, we want to cover certain issues that are, you know, difficult or, you know, not, not as simple, but at the same point, we also want to talk about just regular day-to-day life, you know, going about our lives as, as people who happen to be blind, which is the way I tend to like to put it. It's just like, it so happens that I'm blind, but that's not like the main, main thing about me. Obviously, you know, everyone has many characteristics and we'll get into that a bit later on this episode about first impressions and what people do notice when they when they meet someone who has a disability. But I thought we would talk briefly. We haven't really talked on the show about the uh, just briefly about the Christmas break with family. And um, so is it, it was December twelfth was our last, or no, December nineteenth. Nineteenth was our last mixed bag, and that was like a year wrap and wrap. But the week before that, we. Um, we did have a guest, and then uh, after that, we left the show, and my friend had got back from England, um, and I was really looking forward to it, because he comes around a couple times a year, and uh, we play music together. So I ended up going to um, the PA shop here in town in London. Great, great store. Well, it's actually, I think it's actually changed its name um, to Music 
City, Canada. Oh. Um, but it, it, it includes a guitar. They sell guitars there as well. There's like a separate area for guitars and stuff, but then you can also buy a lot of recording equipment. So I bought, you know, it's Christmas time, but sometimes you end up buying gifts for yourself. Um, and it's things that I've wanted for quite a while. So I got a couple new microphones, actually a uh, Shure SM7B, which is the same mics that we're using here in the studio that they have here at Western. Um, I bought one of those, and then I also got a, an AKG... Yeah, how many different kinds of mics do you own now? D112, and the AKG D112 is the... It's a, it's a very well-known mic microphone used for kick drums. Um, <laughs> obviously, a lot of mics are versatile, especially this SM7B. I bought it, to, in this case, to use on a, on a bass amp, but we're using them here for our, for our voices on the, on the show, and they're very versatile, and they work really well in lots of different uh, situations. My only thought is when I hear those SMCB, whatever you said, it reminds me of like a COVID strain, like the newest <laughs> COVID strain. Yeah, these microphones were here before COVID strains, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Um, but again, yeah, so it was, it, the whole thing is always kind of stressful. I mean, purchasing things in general is sort of, you know, I'm not, I don't love spending money. I'm not the type that loves to go out and shop all the time. Well, speaking of this rat stuff, I did read another one of my things in my description for the year of the rat is with thrifty and it made me think, well, actually that's more Brian. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I good. Just, it's good to be wise and not, you know, spend your I just, money frivolously. Yeah. And I don't know. I think part of it maybe is getting older. You talked yeah. about turning 40 next year. I'll, um, and this year in 2023, I'll be turning 36, which... You know, I was thinking about that again, like the last few days and it just, mm. I don't, you know, harp on age too much, but at the same point, it's, it's hard to believe. Like I remember still being 18 and, and 19 is when I moved out uh, away from home for the first time. And that's when I moved to Toronto with some friends and that's like half my life ago now <laughs> and back in 2006. So it's just, it is hard to imagine that I'm already, already <laughs> getting that old, even though it's still quite young, but I don't know, compared to 18, 19, it starting to feel old but anyway i got those two microphones at at the at uh, music city canada here in, in town in london ontario so great to support local businesses and it was great to go in there and finally get this done even though part of me was dreading it just because i just want equipment that works sounds good and you know i went to school here at fanshawe for music industry arts but for me it's more the um i like the editing audio but the whole setting up microphones and all that kind of stuff is not not quite my thing. Um, just, yeah, it's like anything. It's a bit of a process. But uh, it was nice to, to buy this, get this stuff, um, some more gear for recording music, as it is a big, pretty big part of my life. So thanks again, Care, for allowing us to jam at your place. We practice in your basement. It's the most I've ever practiced before in a band. We had eight practices within 10 days, which it was it was really good. You got We got in a groove, and it, it uh, definitely helped tighten up our songs quite a bit but at the same point it was certain days I was like oh I don't feel like it today but it's like so many things in life once you do it it always feels good after the fact and you're glad that you did um, but that was a pretty good time over the over the holidays and well yeah speaking of music for Christmas I got I got a keyboard and I thought it might help me work on some of the violin stuff I do um, and the last time I took piano lessons I was like seven or something so uh, I thought I'd give it a try again, and so yeah, that was my musical uh, holiday, I guess. But yeah, to get in the groove of practicing regularly so that you get in the habit of it, that's really hard for me. To do something enough that you that you get into a, a groove and you and you develop a habit for something, uh, you know, so your body, so your 
your whole your whole mind and body are used to it and then you just start doing it almost without thinking and then you notice the benefits eventually. Well, yeah, it's like any of these, like so many things in life, it really is about repetition and practicing is, is no exception to where, yeah. you know, if you're if you're an established enough musician or if you've been playing long enough, like in my case, I can, and I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing where I struggle with practicing every day. I don't do, I definitely don't practice every day and I really would like to start. But um, it is one of those things that it's like any routine where, it's so hard kind of to get into that habit and 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 continuing to do something day after day but once you do eventually you fall into it and you can stick with it but it's like you say it's not easy so i don't know how that has been going for you i know right after you got the keyboard at christmas you were trying to play every a few minutes even if it's just a few minutes in the morning yeah no i've, I've been doing it but i i some days i don't i feel discouraged because i i'm like ah oh, i just I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm I'm playing one note and then the next key and it doesn't sound like anything and it's but that's you got to get past some of that to get to the gold, I guess, or the good stuff as they say. Yeah. I'll keep at it. Yeah, well that's good though. It's good that to uh try something different like we say. We're both in our 30s, getting into our later 30s here, but we're uh it's always about still trying new things and and uh going for new experiences in life and and all these things, but um yeah, I don't know. Is there anything specific else, Carrie, you wanted to mention about our f- Christmas with our family? It was our first time with our family since 2019. The other thing I did want to mention, um, I actually meant to mention closer to the top of the show, but it doesn't matter. We, uh, If you follow us as a podcast, Outlook on Radio Western, you will have noticed uh, a new episode popped up yesterday that wasn't Outlook. A new episode in the feed. Um, called, but it still says it's still on our Outlook feed. So well, yeah, it's still on the Outlook feed if you follow Outlook on Radio Western. But it's not called Outlook. This this is our where this this show originally stemmed from was our podcast, um, which is which is called Ketchup on Pancakes. Quite a title that uh, catches people off guard. And we've talked about it a little bit on this show before. We actually played an episode of of Ketchup on Pancakes. That's how the sh- this, that's how the show really actually began on this this station. There was originally some interest um, in our podcast, and then that evolved into Outlook. But we still do the podcast once a year to kind of wrap up. At the end of a year or the beginning of the next, we sort of do one of those episodes to wrap up the year, and we just throw it up on the Outlook feed as an extra bonus that you don't get on the air. So if you do go on to Outlook on Radio Western on, on your podcast providers, you'll see Ketchup on Pancakes episode 22 went up yesterday. And, and uh, 22 in since 2016 so yeah we we used to do a couple a year at least and now it's more like one or two at most a year uh but that's because this show is a lot of work as brian said earlier to find guests and plan out what we want to do it's like it's like keeping up on when you talked about the keyboard or any any sort of thing when you're doing something on a consistent basis whether it be every day or once a week (laughs) once a week is a lot most a lot of podcasts aren't once a week yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and the fact that we're a radio show slash podcast. Most, um, I think, most don't expect that, but uh, we like having having both bo- best of both worlds, kind of. Yeah, well, it's just nice to have archives up so people can look back and because there's oh, you know, all of these things. Of course, some of the some of the things we talk about on the show are more timely, um, but a lot of the stuff does you know you can listen to it anytime and still still learn from it. So. So yeah, that was uh, it. Was a lot of fun. We did. We recorded that uh, podcast in your basement just after Christmas, a few days after, before the twenty twenty two ended, and kept it pretty casual. And uh, it was it was an interesting episode. So I don't know. You know, it's it's quite long. It's a bit longer than an Outlook. It's 
About an hour and 42 minutes, I think. It's about the length of the podcasts that our guests next, coming up next week, the one from New Zealand will often um, put out. And so, you know, podcasts come in all different lengths and <laughs> some people don't have time to listen to a podcast that's almost two hours and other, that's the, other times people put it on and do other things. And But the, the beauty of a podcast too is, you know, the podcast apps leave it leave you where it yeah. left off. So you can listen to like five minutes and of then course. go to about the rest of your day and the next day tune in and catch the next bit. So, yeah. you know, it's always up there online. So uh, that's that's what's great about... Uh, well, this this time we toasted the 2023 with a bottle of wine with Braille on the label, which you don't find every day. Brian has a friend who works at a liquor store um, and he helped procure the bottle for us. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the name uh, brought up here of it, and it's also in French. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, made made by th- through a winery um, th- through Michel. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this on air right now, but um, we did share a link. Maybe we'll share it once more in the notes today, just since it got brought up. But uh, yeah, maybe. yeah, it was a nice way to to finish off the year to toast to this this wine. And we're always talking about accessibility on this show, so it's great that uh, I think it's Michel Chapoutier <laughs> is the way it's pronounced. Um, but I will share a link once more. I just love how when you do, specifically when you do your music show on Fridays here on Radio Western, there's a lot of band names that are f- different from different parts of the world. And it's, I don't want to say it's its its entertaining listening to you try to pronounce those things, but yeah, it's, <laughs> sometimes it's difficult to... It's not my favorite thing to do. I mean, it, yeah. it, I can... It, Brian's no linguist, but... Um, with with um, Google and stuff like that, there are mm-hmm. translations or proper pronunciations of things. Well, it's like I, when I'm trying to learn different indigenous words and different indigenous um, um, concepts and things, then it's the same thing. You can now look it up and search it in Google, and then you can hear someone actually pronouncing it who actually knows how to pronounce it. So, that's But it's helpful. even like after, even if I hear someone, it's still, you know, if I repeat it after that, it takes a while to still get it to sound smooth and, and natural. Um, but yeah, we'll share that link in the in the notes again. And there may be other um, winemakers out in the world that do have Braille, but this is definitely one in particular. And the the only kind we could get is one of their red wines, which isn't Carrie's favorite. Uh, so it was, oh, I'm I'm warming up to it. Well, don't you don't have to be ashamed if you don't like. A lot of You're the one who always gets on me. Like Carrie, you got to give it a chance. You got to. No, I'm not. I didn't like that at first either. No, I'm just being honest that most people don't love the first sip of wine that they have in their life. Hmm. But if you have something enough times, you might get, but you might also not get used to it. Some people have things a few times and they still don't like them. So anyway, maybe, uh, maybe I'm meaner to you off the air. I don't know. (laughs) You're just a brother. (laughs) Yeah, just a brother. All right. Well, I think we should uh, go out to break now. What do you say? You're one halfway through. So heck of a brother. How's that? Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Let's take a break. Sorry, I'm weird with compliments, as I said earlier. Uh, so I know. Quite how Me to say too. it. But, uh, all right, we will take a quick break here on Outlook, and we'll be right back after this. Outlook. On Radio Western. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Outlook today on Radio Western. Happy Monday to you. And hope everybody has a great week ahead. Uh, everybody's back at school here on campus. and Already winding down January. It's the I know. one week left pretty much. Next Monday will be the last, well, second last day, I guess. And as I said, we won't be here live next week, but we do have an episode recorded that I have to edit this week. And uh, looking forward to putting that one on next week. 
guest from New Zealand who's had quite the uh, quite the life and it was quite an interesting discussion. Somebody that I hadn't heard of, but a lot of people who have been in the blindness community, you know, maybe more than us over the past 20 years, 20 plus years, definitely knew of him. Um, Doug, Doug Lawler, the, the current Canadian Federation of the Blind president um, that we've had on the show a few months back now, definitely knew of this, this guest from next week. So it's a really interesting uh, episode coming up. Yes, if you go on his website and bio, it's quite quite extensive. But yeah, I don't know. We could tell more, but I, I do like to keep things sort of vague no, and no, keep we the won't. surprise. But, we said, uh, we've said more today than we normally say about upcoming guests. We don't always we don't always plug what's coming up, which uh, is, uh, I guess, what uh, radio shows yeah. tend to do. But Everyone's different. I don't different. do I don't generally do things the way people people tend to do them. <laughs> I know <laughs> you, you were born in the year of the rabbit. No, I don't. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I guess before we get to Jonathan Muzzin next week and, and things in February, uh, just one more quick notice upcoming in the next few weeks, we're going to have a guest on somebody who is blind uh, and who lives in Ottawa. And we're coming up on the year. Here's your, this is a fun topic. Um, I won't stick around for, for, for today for much, but, uh, you know, we're coming up on a year since the convoy in Ottawa and at the border and in Alberta. Um, and we get to, we're going to speak with somebody who was living in Ottawa in the city during all that and talk about some of the unique challenges that, that blind people were dealing with and other people with other disabilities living in, in a city that was full of loud honking trucks and road closures and chaos everywhere. So that'd yeah. be a good conversation too. But, uh, Today, I wanted to spend the second uh, half of the show here talking about uh, a loss in the disability community. Just, just you know, some fun to start off the year. <laughs> you yeah, know, death, not, death doesn't wait for opportune times. Yeah, not the most, not the most, you know, uplifting topic in the sense of someone passing away. But at the same time, we're we're looking at this person in a in a in a positive light and the things that they did for the mm-hmm. disability community. That it's like anything when when somebody passes. You know, it's sad and of course, but you do like to also look at the accomplishments and try and celebrate somebody's life as well. So I think that's what we're going to be doing here well, and like quite I a bit said, in the second half of the show. Last year, we lost... John Ray. A pretty big... A, a, a big wig, I say, in the disability activist advocacy community. Somebody that we only got familiar with in recent years, but uh, luckily we had him on the show before he he suddenly passed away last April or, or so. And... We didn't have the chance with this 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 man today. We're talking about uh, he was well known in government in Ontario here, but we didn't know a lot about him and uh, didn't get a chance to talk. I don't know if we've ever mentioned him on the show before. Not that I recall. Well, we talk occasionally about the AODA, which is a bit of a mouthful. And again, we don't know much about it because we uh, haven't studied this stuff. But hopefully, we can talk to more people and have some guests on in in the coming months or, or so that know more about this stuff. Um, but it's, um, it's the... You can't do it off by <laughs> memory or look, I hear, you, I hear your Braille display. Oh yeah, it is also Braille Literacy Month. We both have our Braille displays. Just like to mention, make sure we mention that every week. Yeah, it's funny. As long as it's January, we, we mention it. But as we say always, it's always Braille Month right. for us. We always have our Braille displays here, which... I guess there's two more weeks to celebrate it. For anyone who's out there that, you know, you probably don't really know what that means is these are just devices that connect to our phone or computer through Bluetooth wireless and they show everything that comes up on our phone pops up on these Braille displays in Braille for us to, to read. So it really helps on air with our notes. Of course, a little hard to explain, probably best to actually see it demonstrated. 
Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, we're both both using Braille today. And I could hear you looking up your notes for, <laughs> I think I remember it. I don't have it in my notes, but I think it's the accessibility. Is that right? For, for Ontarians with, with Disabilities, disabilities Act. Act. Okay, I, I did remember it. Yes. The first word is the one I was struggling with. I know. Accessibility, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yes, it is, but it is a mouthful, whoever named that. Um, but it, it requires the Ontario government uh, to lead Ontario to become disability accessible by 2025 uh, by enacting and enforcing regulations called accessibility standards that spell out what employers and providers of goods and services must do to tear down the and prevent disability barriers. Uh, among other things, the AODA requires the Ontario government to appoint a mandatory independent uh, review of the AODA's um, implementation, which was implemented in 2005. And the, the uh, man we're talking about in the second half played a big part in that. Um, yeah, so obviously 2025, only two years away yep. now. And based on, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on out there, they're definitely not going to reach what they were hoping to well, in 2025. The pandemic didn't help, no. Right, but even without that. But you even know, before that, yeah. But it's like anything, you know, you set a goal and you don't necessarily get everything done by then, but at least it's a start. I mean, I'm not saying that that's totally, you know, good enough, but it, it's something and that's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Um, but yeah, I thought, uh, did you want to start with a clip and yeah. then we can kind of continue discussing? Well, let's let he people hear who, right, so, who this man was and hear him speak. Yeah, so again, words. I'm not as in touch with... Over the past few years, I've been trying to get focus more on on media and politics specifically, and it's it's something that it's not it's not as natural to me as I, I would like. So I don't even I'm not sure if I'd really known of David Onley before, um, but uh, again, it's sometimes you don't learn about certain people until they and they pass on, and then you yeah. they're recognized. And unfortunately, it's unfortunate, but at least now I'm aware of of of, of this person. But um, there's an interview on on YouTube in conversation with David Onley and um, his his wife Ruth Ann Onley. Through um, it's, it was on the show Beyond Politics, and it was originally aired in 2012. Um, so yeah, I guess Dave David uh, recently did pass away, unfortunately. Um, here, I think it was the 14th, January 14th, 2023, yeah. at the age of 72. Right, and he was a f the former. Lieutenant Governor of Ontario. Yeah, and the first one with a disability. And that's what we talk about here all the time, representation. As long as there's nobody with a disability visible in government, a lot of the changes we're looking for just won't come so easily. And we we struggle to know how we can help, best help the situation. Uh, and I always wish we had better civics type classes in, in school because I feel real, real unprepared to, to, well, to deal with that stuff. I feel kind of like Not a broken alarm. record saying this again, but again, it's the thing yeah. I've mentioned on the show that we've have been planning more and more, especially since I voted last year, to reach out to MPPs and just have to try to start a, get a conversation started because it makes me think of organizations like of of like the CNIB here, where it's looked at sometimes as like oh they take care of the blind and stuff like that. When really, a lot of the people that are involved in the CNIB are sighted. The CEO it, it can see. Which again, it goes to show it's the same with the government where you bring up if there's nobody in government with a disability, then these issues maybe get dealt with more by people who don't have disabilities. And if you don't live the life, of course, your opinion can still be valuable. And it's good that we're all working together and you know making alliances and stuff with each other. But ultimately, we need people who are living it to be to be at the table dis during these discussions. And 
you know, the thing we could do is start reaching out, even though it does feel intimidating, every little bit gets a start going. But anyway, this, you know, with David Onley, like you say, he was the first person with a physical disability to hold the post, as it's worded. Um, but yeah, to, to hold that position as Lieutenant Governor of Ontario, being the first is is very, you know, honorable. And it's it's great to uh, to see that finally starting to happen. And uh, yeah, let's get to our first clip so we can all hear him in his own words say say what he's been what he's been working on in his career and in over his lifetime. Yeah, I've pulled a couple of clips from this interview. Of course, we'll also share the full interview. It's about a half hour long. We'll share it in the podcast notes after so you can go to YouTube and, and watch the entire thing. But I thought, yeah, to have a couple of clips of, of David in, in his own words speaking about this stuff. And then, you know, also once we play these clips, we'll come back and, and comment and, and give our perspectives as well. So here's one clip from, from David Onley right here. I had a very good idea of what the job was. Um, but I also realized that each of them had a, a social and a cultural context to their job of advancing different causes, and for mine it was the promotion of accessibility. Right. I really felt, and I, and I still believe, that that's been one of the enormous things that I has give, this position has given me an opportunity to promote in an apolitical way, and that is the importance of accessibility for people who have disabilities, and right. more significantly, uh, the promotion of uh, employment opportunities for people with disabilities. Right. So those were really the two goals right from the outset. You yourself um, have lived since you were three, three. and about with polio mm -hmm. with a disability. When you arrived here at Queen's Park, was it accessible? Partially. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And for uh, you know, building this well over a century old, yes. uh, improvements and modifications have been made, and there were uh, two wheelchair accessible entrances that is uh, ramped, uh, and then uh, a third one that was added onto the north wing. But even within this suite of offices, mm -hmm. which occupies three floors of the building, it meant that if I wanted to get from one floor to another, because I have difficulty with stairs, I can use them, but I, right. I find it very tiring. Um, I would literally have to go down the hall about a hundred and fifty feet, take the exterior elevator, go down the floor, and then enter my own office a, a second time. Wow! So fortunately, uh, and to uh, the great appreciation of the uh, provincial government, they stepped up to the plate in terms of their commitment to the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act, right. um, where vintage buildings, heritage buildings like these, do cause. Uh, the greatest amount of difficulty and a very creative way was found to uh, install an elevator. So now this suite of offices is fully accessible, ground level entrance from the west entrance of the building and it makes the whole suite accessible and we've had many, many guests and wheelchairs and walkers and uh, people yes. with difficulties being able to use it. So there you go. Gives you a bit of an idea of... Uh what David Onley sound like, sounded like and just, um, you know, accessibility and how important that that is for all disabilities. Well, yeah, for people with disabilities of all kinds to be able to become more visible and have more of an impact and for the wider society to see us because a long time ago, people with disabilities were just hidden away and in certain parts of the world, they still just are. And so if you never see them, then it's easy to forget that that they're there or to to know what they what they need to be able to participate in society. And so these things benefit everybody. And 
But as long as somewhere like Queen's Park isn't accessible, it's going to be harder for someone with this disability to work there. Well, again, it comes down to the fact that, of it's course... It's the right thing to do to make it accessible. You know, you know, disabilities come with challenges. Nobody's denying that. But we always talk about on Outlook how a lot of the challenges are are society based and it's it's not necessarily the people with disabilities that yeah. that have the have the issues it's if if society was a little bit more open to these things and it, of course we understand everything takes time and like you say back in the day we were a lot of people with disabilities were pretty much hidden away and it was so like looked at as quite shameful and people tried to keep it hidden whereas we are getting gradually more and more open with it which is important but you know you need we need people in history like David Onley to 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 prove that people like him can you know make it and and really be have a voice in in politics and it's it's like any of these things with buildings I think the discussion in this interview comes up about like heritage buildings and older buildings in particular but even I think new, some new buildings are built not like that aren't properly accessible, but especially old buildings can be tricky because they're built, like you say, so long ago where disability just wasn't really talked about at all. And Well, like in, in somewhere like Europe with a lot of really old, old buildings and old city design and, and cobble streets, a lot of places in Europe aren't accessible. They say you can't make that accessible after the fact as easily. So if you do it from the start, but even now when we're trying to work on universal design, it's uh, it's not perfect, and mistakes get made, and things get left behind. But um, almost twenty five percent of Canadians live with some kind of disability, uh, according to Statistics Canada. Um, the population is more likely to be single, female, un or underemployed, and living in poverty with more than one type of disability. So that's again what we're talking about with intersectionalities and. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, you have a disability, a loved one will, you will someday. It's it's one of those things that we can all acquire at some point if if we're not born with it to begin with like you and I were. So, Yeah, and I mean, it's like anything. Obviously, we all come from all disabilities. Like, There's so many different ones out there. And of course, in, in David's case, case, it had to do with contracting polio at, at such a young age there. And that was before there were vaccines and, and stuff like that. So it, again, it just goes to show that these things can happen, and you know, even if you aren't born with them, they can happen, like you say, throughout your life. And um, you know, that doesn't mean that you want to just sit around and do nothing. You still want to make something of your life. And um, in, in David Onley's case, it was, you know, to to be involved with politics, which is something that I haven't done myself. But you know, I'm still young. You never know. I don't know if it'd be quite my <laughs> thing, but um, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, he's had quite the career. You know, he was hired by City TV yeah, as their he was news a anchor. Yeah, he well, became before he was. Yeah, and that that in that case, he was the first disabled person to be promoted to that position in Canada. So you know, well, again, to, to be visible, interviewing, you know, chasing down interviews, and and being on television, City TV, and CP24, and. Uh, just for people to see him and it, it sounds like he reached a lot of people even before he was in politics. And you know, we talked to, we always talk on this show that of course we we mentioned blindness as the main focus but of course that's not all we want to talk about here. We want to talk about all disabilities and you know, in this in this case it was the it was the mobility that was a major issue for for David and and it's uh of course like I said, he said he could manage, he could do it on stairs. But it was very exhausting. It would take a lot of energy to, to even attempt that. And we talked about a lot on this show about how 
it is a little bit more stressful to travel and to to do things with various you know various di- different types of disabilities to where any energy that you can preserve from from mobilizing and traveling and all these things to be able to put towards the work and not add extra stress and energy onto the day helps so much. So to be able to have these elevators installed so that, that he could get to his office more easily instead of having to go these roundabout ways, you know, these things are, they do make a big difference. And if people aren't in these positions to begin with, then these changes won't happen. So, so you said you have one more clip there. Do you want to yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to get to the next clip right away, if you had anything else to reflect on that. Um, this next clip, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, has to deal a lot with first impressions. And yeah. one thing I heard in this interview that I'm not that's not in this clip, but when uh, David originally met his, his future wife, this was a few years before they actually ended up um, getting together and, and getting married, um, she, she comments how she originally met him and, you know, right away was like, oh, he's... Looks looks like a nice man. Looks good man. Good man. I'm attracted to him a little bit. But then she points out how she saw the cane that he had a cane, and for mobility, right? And then then that right when she saw that, you could tell that's when she kind of lost that excitement a bit and was like, oh, I don't know, like. And it does. It's like anything when it's something that you're not used to, makes you feel slightly uncomfortable. Then, you know, that sort of changes your perspective, and you're like, I don't know if I could actually be interested in this person. Um, but obviously she changed her mind a few years down the road and they ended up marrying and sounds like they had a happy life together. But uh, it just goes to show how much disability does still affect, is still, you know, affects people's perceptions and how we really need to keep bringing awareness to this more and more. It's never, uh, that's why it can be exhausting, right, Karen? Yeah, the work is never done, it seems. And But you do have to look at, that's why it's great to, to come across someone like, David Onley here, who who did make such a difference, and you know, even just doing this show makes me feel good because I know that it is making some sort of difference, even if it doesn't always feel like it. But um, yeah, but yeah, let's just hear this next clip now about uh, first impressions and and sort of how uh, David Onley uh, explains it. When I I do presentations, I say when you you meet someone for the first time and they have a physical disability or some some kind of disability that seems obvious to you what do you see? Do you see the ability within or do you see the disability? And we all want to say, well, no, we see the ability, but we don't. Of we all see the disability. Especially in such a visual culture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. uh, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't let it form the basis of a value judgment about sure. the person. And um, and we've been taught that lesson ourselves uh, through the last number of years in office where we've we've met different individuals who... And that first impression, you think, wow, this is a real adversity that this person has got. And then they open their mouth and they sing, or they open their mouth and say something that's very profound or speak in an articulate way, or without any verbal communication, present you with stunning art that neither of us could even begin to think to do. And so, you know, I think that's one of the, the lessons that's going on in our culture right now in terms of accessibility and understanding other people is that we, we do have to look beyond that first impression. And I think the fact that we have become, in, in so many ways, such an amazing multicultural society and a multilinguistic society, it augurs well. Because we, we have been able to achieve uh, such an amazing degree of integration in our society with really, relatively speaking, uh, very few problems. 
And I know it's one of the things that I hear all the time when I receive ambassadors or I receive consul generals. Virtually every single one of them wants to talk about how we've been able to make oh, our multicultural experience work because they see it. And, and admire it. And admire it. They yeah. know that they don't have it in their own nation or they have it to a, yeah. a lesser extent. Hmm. So there's one more clip from David Onley that's taken from a conversation that happened back in 2012 on the show Beyond Politics. You can find that on YouTube. We'll share a link in the podcast notes. But Kara, what do you think? A lot of a lot of good points there as well. And, you know, also looking at other nations and other places in the world where this stuff maybe isn't happening yet. And so this is an example for, for other countries or areas in, on the planet to kind of be aware of and, and learn from too. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky to be in Ontario in the year 2023, but... And again, I, I don't want to end this show by just going after our current premier here, but it's funny when these when something like this happens and someone like David Onley dies, of course, somebody like the premier, it's on him to make a statement at the loss of this of this activist and this, this great man fighting for disability rights. And uh, statements are all well and good. And I guess people would get on for it if he didn't make one. But... Uh, but since taking office in June of 2018, it says Premier Ford, unlike his two most recent predecessors, has refused to even meet with us. These are you know, organizations and disability um, people speaking about this. Um, Premier Ford's uh, accessibility minister, Raymond Cho, has refused to meet um, with them since um, he was reappointed by this post after the 2022 Ontario election. And so we don't want empty words. If you really want to honor this man's life, uh, you can take it more seriously. I, I, I'm sure that the, the premier has a lot on his plate, a lot of people wanting things from him. Uh, but you know, we, we don't just want to make these statements that are grand statements when someone dies, as we say, there's a lot of regret that you don't do certain things while you have the chance. Uh, so I'm not going to read the statement by Ford that came out. Uh, it's kind of standard. Uh, you can find it if you just Google it. It's on you know, social media and everywhere. Um, but I'm just calling on Ford, who I'm sure is listening right now, <laughs> to it, you know, action, not words. Yeah, Ford is our number one uh, fan. He loves, he loves that I'm look. He sure. listens every Monday at 11. <laughs> I, bet, I bet his office will email us today. But I think, I think you do make good points there about just the fact that and again, it's it's something I do struggle with a lot in life when when hearing sort of different people speak. And obviously, depending who it is, some people are more authentic than others. But and again, I get it that there is so much out there to have to to work on, and there's so many tasks that need to be looked into. But you can just you can sense when somebody is being authentic and and is real about something. And you know, I'm guilty of the same thing where it's like I sit on the on the show here and we talk about all these things that need to change, but it's easy to kind of sometimes talk, but unless you actually have some action going on, what do the words mean? And it's kind of like what you said with Ford's statement, like it's it's something, but it's kind of just like standardized, like procedural, like, oh, we have to make this statement, but like, what are we actually doing to, to make change? And Well, yeah, it's on his list, I'm sure. Oh, you know, this this person died and, and they're having, a, a, I read they're having a public um, memorial or celebration of, of Ani's life on the 30th. So that's a week from today, I believe. But uh, yeah, it's empty words, uh, which we're all guilty of at times. And, and 
looking ahead to Outlook for the coming year, it's the same thing. I have my moments with this show and the advocacy work we've done as we've gone into our 30s here that am I doing enough? Is talking enough? Uh, and I know we reach people with the show. I've, I've had some excellent feedback in the last five or so years, but sometimes you feel like we're not doing enough. So, Well, it is the weird thing about radio where we're just sitting in this studio here this morning uh, on a Monday near the end of January of 2023. We're sitting here and it's just the two of us in here and you don't know... Who is listening and, and, you know, what people are learning from the show. But it's like anything. It just, the, the more you stick around and the more you just keep at it, things do naturally start to happen. So I think I really do want, hope to keep this show up for, you know, you never know what might happen in my life. But as long as I can, because I think it is so important. And we talk about on the show how, how so much about how, of course, words aren't the only thing. Actions are important. But words do mean a lot. And if language didn't mean anything, then... Why do we we'd use all com- it? We'd all communicate like dolphins if 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 human language wasn't wasn't uh, working for us, I guess. So yeah, so I think it does work. We've evolved from those 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 mammals in the sea. We are affected by words. I'm not the type that's like you know overreactive to every single thing someone says. I realize that you don't always want to take things too seriously, but at the same point, you know these are important things, and I so I do think. It is, it is good to be positive as much as you can and be optimistic that all of these things from from David Onley to, to us, you know, doing this show, not to totally compare us to him because well, it's quite... Uh, why not? Yeah, and you know, we're all working in, in some way to, to make a difference. So so rest in peace to to David, you know, sad, sad loss in the disability community, the political... Well, of course, he wasn't a young man, but like you say, everybody who has had an impact, uh, you will feel the loss of that. For sure. Well, I think we should wrap things up for this week. We will be off next week at uh, the hospital for our... Yeah, didn't get to that, huh? Kidney clinic. Yeah, we can't really get into we'll that talk about we're running out of time. Next but next mixed uh, bag. You know, we've mentioned on the show before that we both had kidney transplants, and this is actually our first time back in the clinic. We've had tests just over the phone, meetings with our doctors, but this is our first time actually back in the in the clinic since before the pandemic. So we'll be there next week, but as we said, we have an exciting pre-recorded show to air next week. Yeah, from talking about Ontario issues and can- Canadian issues all the way up to hearing what people are doing in other countries because that's we learn from each other. So looking forward to talking with Jonathan Muzzin, and I hope everybody enjoys that interview next Monday. And uh, we'll be back after that. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Send us an email, outlookonradiowestern at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash outlookonradiowestern. Western.